Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. All right, I'm not going to keep you in suspense. I'm going to pull things out of the mystery bag, right from the beginning. Suzanne makes fun of me for this too, but I think she actually likes it secretly. Anybody know what this is? Kids especially, kids, you know what this is? It's a credit card. Is a credit card useful? I mean, right, it seems like it, but really, like it's absurd to say that this is money. Like this is money, that this, I can take this to a store and I like swipe it there and they give me stuff in the promise that Citibank is gonna give them money, which is actually just numbers on a page from numbers on a page, that Citibank gives them in the promise that someday I'm gonna pay them back. Again, mostly with numbers on a screen to numbers on a screen. It seems kind of absurd, like we, we get used to it, but, but it's absurd, it's just a piece of plastic. And if all those numbers on the screen go away, then we're all in trouble, not, not to panic you, but I'm just saying. So we got the credit card, so then you think, well, here, what about this? This here we've got, this is like, this is like real money, right? Does that look like money? What do you think? Is this real, this is actually some like, real, that's, a, that's a $100 bill right there. That's a hundred dollar bill and some 20s and a one like this is real money, but But really when you think about it like it's just it's paper, right? It's just a piece of paper that says hey We've all agreed that this piece of paper is worth one dollar and this piece of paper is worth a hundred dollars But at the end of the day like it's still still paper like if I if don't worry, I ripped the one, not the hundred. All right, if I like rip that up, it's not, like it, it doesn't mean anything anymore, right? It's just paper. And so you say, well, what's, what's real? I got something else in here. You know what this is? Where is it? This, this is real silver. And now this one says, this says it's a half dollar, right? And so people, if I just look at a story, they give me 50 cents for it, but it's real silver. And so if I take it somewhere else, this is worth like, Ten dollars, because it's actually silver. It actually means something. You could actually like melt this down and make something pretty. And you could say like, hey, look, that's silver, right? That actually means something. That's real. But fundamentally, when we look at this parable and we say, what is this teaching us? What Jesus is teaching us is that even the money that we think of as most real, even if we take all this pile of silver in the world, it is still no more meaningful than the ripped up shreds of the dollar bill. No more meaningful than the promise of words on the screen. That all this money that we wrap so much of our lives around trying to make money and keep track of how much money we have. And we look, when we get a little, when we get, when we're young, we gather dollar bills in our piggy banks or coins in our piggy banks. When we're old, we look at our stock portfolios and we say, man, look how much money I have until the stock market goes down and all your money just poof, went away. And why? Because ultimately, what, this, what Jesus is telling us is that only God is true riches. Only God is true riches. That's the main point here in the parable. And we see this, we see this in a couple places. We see it in verse nine. When he says, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, we'll come back to this, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. 
We'll come back to the exact meaning of what that means, but eternal. That's telling us something, right? Eternal, there's an eternity here. And then in verse 11, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? That what Jesus is saying, and then again, or and one more, you cannot serve both God and money. Jesus makes it here very clear, the contrast. You will either serve money and your life will be wrapped up trying to make money, trying to accumulate money, try, or you will serve true riches. And what we have to realize to do this, we, we have to say, well, which one matters? Do the shreds of dollar bills matter? Whether they're shredded dollar bills or silver coins or numbers on a computer screen, what really matters is the true riches. And so if God himself is the true riches, the call for us from this parable is to use our money to serve God alone. Because God alone is the true riches. So now you're saying, okay, that's nice. Okay, God is the true riches, but, but really, what about the parable? All right, so as we dig into the parable and what this means, we see that really what it's telling us is three ways that we must serve God alone that we can focus our hearts on the true riches of God alone. The first one is to realize that money is simply a tool. Money is a tool. The second one is to use money for God's kingdom. Money is a tool. We use money for God's kingdom. And the third one, perhaps surprisingly, is a call to us to use our money with integrity to use our money with integrity. So how do we make God the true riches? How do we focus our heart on the true riches and serve him alone? Realize money is a tool, use money for the kingdom, and use money with integrity. So first, that money is a tool. We kind of know this, right? Like when we really think about it, like, yeah, it's just a tool. Now that's not a very good tool anymore, but before it was ripped up, it was a decent tool. It could actually get you things. And, but we get caught up on this, right? We get caught up thinking just about money for money's sake and forgetting that the whole point of money, even in this world, is to get things with it. And that's actually what the parable is saying. What's going on with this steward? What does he do? He uses his money and his position of power as a tool to take care of himself. Now, Jesus is actually not, we can't press the parable too far. We get caught up on parables where like the parable of the lost son that comes right before this, where the father in the lost son is clearly God. And so we look at this one and we want the, 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 the rich man to be God. But he's not. The rich man here is not God. There, God's not in this story. This is a story about people. This is a story about, as Jesus says in verse, uh, in verse 8, this is a story about the sons of the world in contrast to the sons of light. So God's people, Jesus' people, that's not who it's about. Jesus is just telling a story that you will not forget now, because it's weird, to say, hey, these people, these people out in the world, they realize what the point of money and power is. The point of it is a tool for them to take care of themselves. That's what the dishonest manager did. And we know that he was dishonest because it's called dishonest. And again, in verse 10, Jesus again refers back to dishonest as a negative thing. This manager is not a good guy. He was wasteful and he was dishonest. 
But he was a son of this world who knew the meaning of money. He knew the use of money. He knew the use of power. And he said, I'm going to use that. I, well, I still have my position, just for a moment. I'm going to curry favor with these creditors by reducing their bills so that once I'm fired, they're going to take care of me. And the, man, the, the, the worldly rich man is like, nice move. Smart thinking. He's not really happy about it necessarily. It's like the grudging acceptance. Like, okay, yeah, you cost me some money, but hey, that was, that was smart. And what Jesus is saying to us, to his people, to the sons of light, he's saying, hey, look, sons of light. Hey, look, people of God. The people of the world know how to use their stuff to get what they want for themselves. So don't you, people of God, get caught up on money for money's sake. Because right after this, I didn't read it, but right after this, the Pharisees got it. <laughs> it says this in verse 14. The Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things and they ridiculed him. The Pharisees were caught up in money for money's sake. And it is so easy for us, even as the people of God, to get caught up in money for money's sake. And so Jesus tells this dramatic story to catch our attention and say, hey, money is a tool. Money is a tool for what you can do with it. But then he turns it. He's made his point about the sons of this world. They know how money works. They know how power works. So now, people of God, what should you do with your power? What should you do with your money? You should use your money for the kingdom. That's what he says in verse 9. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth. So use the money, the tools of the world, to make friends, the power that you've been given in this world, to make friends, to connect with people, to love people, to serve people, to do good for people, so that when it fails, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. So it's what the dishonest steward did to get a place for himself to live, but Jesus shifts it to say, hey, you're going to use the money and tools of this world, which by the way, you have plenty of because God made them all. So unrighteous here is not really a like negative money is all evil all the time. It's just not inherently godly, but it is, it is still God's gift to us to be used so that people will welcome you where? Not into their houses now, but into their houses in eternity. That what we have to do is lift up our eyes and see that all that we see right now in this world, all the stuff, all the possessions, all the money, are ultimately just a ripped up bill. Even the silver coins are just the ripped up bill. But this is just a blip in the world of eternity, in the world that God created. And so if we use these tools now, we use these tools now for good. We use these tools now to welcome people into God's kingdom to demonstrate God's hospitality, to say, I'm going to share all that I have with you because what me racking up money for myself is not a high priority because this is just part of a long-term thing. It is a long-term plan that we are headed for eternity. When, when Suzanne and I were first married, we taught in, uh, she taught in South Central Los Angeles, I taught in downtown Los Angeles. Two different schools, different populations, but both in highly impoverished areas. And so in those years, we learned quite a bit about poverty. And if you have experienced poverty for yourself, 
or you are know things about like studies about poverty, one of the things you know that's really hard when you're stuck in poverty, it's really hard to take a long-term view. It's really hard to make, make decisions with money that will do good for the long-term because all you can see is the immediate needs right now. And you have to use all that you have to meet those immediate needs. And so instead of making the wise long-term investment, you get what you can to take care of yourself right now, even if it ends up costing you a lot in the long run, like a payday loan that charges a super high interest rate because you need it now. And so it costs you in the long term. So we know this about kind of material poverty on earth. But what Jesus is telling us is that we all get caught up in poverty in spiritual terms. Because what we do is we take a this earth view of things and we fail to take the long-term eternal view. And so in a sense, all of us who get caught up in the money of this world, even if we're really good in this world, even if we have a great retirement account, our, our length of view is still too short. Jesus is saying, your retirement account, short-term thinking, waste. I'm not saying never save for retirement. Don't hear me saying that. I'm just saying, compared to the long-term view of eternity, that's short-term thinking. That's a waste of your money right now. If it's taking you away from using your money for kingdom good, using your money to cultivate your relationship with God, using your money to serve others, to share with others. So why fundamentally do we apply this by giving money to God in the form of tithes to the church? It's reminding us, like we talked about last week, that all of this belongs to God and that we're taking an eternal view of things. So you might hear this, you're like, okay, this sounds great. I want to use my money for the kingdom. I don't know how. Well, there's lots of ways. The simple way is by making, put an offering in the basket. That's one way of saying, hey, let's give this to the church where we use it together as a church to do the things of the kingdom, to bring more people, to bring God's community to more people. But then there's lots of other ways beyond that to find missionaries that you can support, other ministries that you can support, and ways that you can individually use your money to serve and love other people. Well, yes, it is a very good application of this to give a percentage of your income to the church, to put it in the offering basket on Sunday morning. Absolutely a good application. It's not the only application. Because what God is after is our hearts, to that we would have a heart of generosity, that is taking the long-term view, saying the thing that matters most in this world is our relationship with the Creator and using His gifts to worship Him and to draw other people into worship Him and to reflect His image throughout the world in all the ways that we do that. So we realize that money is a tool. We use money for the kingdom with an eternal view. And the last one, somewhat surprisingly, is that Jesus calling us to use money in all that he's giving us with integrity. And you say, well, but, 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 but the whole point here was the manager was dishonest. That is the point. The manager was wrong. He, was, he, was, he, was, he did not act with integrity. He was shrewd, but he was ungodly. And Jesus says that as he's reflecting on it. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. That manager was not. He was not faithful. He was not a good manager. One who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? If you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? 
What Jesus is saying here is all of us have been given some measure of gifts by God in the form of worldly abilities, talents, money, possessions, time. We've been given these gifts by God, gifts by God, and he's calling us to use them for good. The little bits of money that he's given us, he says, use that well. Use that with honesty and integrity and use it for the kingdom. Use it for things that advance God's purposes. That you may steward the true riches of eternity, of spiritual things, of God's love for us. And keep in mind that this eternity that I'm talking about starts here and now. It is right now from the beginning, the true riches of living in God's kingdom, of living his way, of living our lives according to his will that works out better for us. Because God's law for us is good. Service is good. Forgiveness is good. It is good for us now. It is good for us forever. And so as we, we have these gifts from God that we think is just ours. It's our money to do with what I will. But we are stewards of it. We are managers of it for the God who gives it to all of us. And we look at this and we're like, all right, I can see that. But, but there's still a problem. The problem is that sometimes I think I said that this story, you know, there's no God in the story here. The rich man is not God. But we may be here because there are many times that I look at this, I'm like, there was a manager and charges were brought to him that his man was, this man was wasting his possessions. I say, am, am I here? Am I in this story? Am I the manager who is wasting the possessions, wasting the gifts that God has given to me? I think sometimes I am. And I have a feeling some of you may be thinking the same thing. Thinking, this all sounds great, Jimmy. I would love to use my money and my time and my gifts to serve God, but I'm not doing it. And I can't do it. And Jesus says, I know. The only way that we can truly be the, the good steward is through the power of Jesus. Because as we reflect on this, we reflect and realize that Jesus has set up for us an impossible standard that we cannot meet. That we realize that we live in this world as dishonest managers. That we stumble and fall and fail time and time again. And all we can do is turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me. And Jesus says, I forgive you. That I am here as the, man, as, the, as the rich man who owes, knows all these things, who is not just looking at, me, looking at you and saying, oh, that was, that was good, shrewd, nice work. I am the one who can pay back all the debts myself because I am the one who made and owns all things. And Jesus came and lived that perfect life of perfect stewardship of God's possessions, of all the gifts that he himself had made as the one who made it all, and he lived it out perfectly. And then he handed it over to us on the cross. And so all of your failures, all of your sins, all of your selfishness, all the ways that you've used money to build up yourselves and hurt other people, all the ways that you've devoted yourself to money instead of to me, I forgive them all. I take them all to the cross. And instead, I give you my perfect life that you can now live faithfully as a good steward through the power of Jesus, using the gifts that God has given you. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us and that you care for us. We thank you that you forgive our sins, that you forgive our obvious disobedience, that you forgive our subtle disobedience, that you forgive us when we are selfish 
and we look after our own ends and we try to build up treasures for ourselves. We thank you that you give us new life. We pray that you would help us to steward well all that you have given us, to use all of our money, all of our possessions for your sake, for your glory, for your kingdom, that we may live your kingdom out right now in this life and forever in eternity. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.